Hey guys and welcome to Sabin Mid Science. Today we will be talking about the Saturn V rocket as usual where everybody likes. But today is in 7 minutes. Today we have a new addition. Every season it comes up at least in one episode. Okay, only in one episode. So this is the third episode and we will have more than 7 minutes of talking or unlimited science. So before we go to anything so much of those Saturn we thingy, we're gonna talk about where it was built and normally where will it be kept. The Boeing produced the SIS first stage at the Missound Assembly Factory in MIF in New Orleans. Some people of you may know that. The North American Aviation NAA manufactured second stage in Seal Beach, California. Douglas Aircraft Corporation DAC fabricated the SIVB third stage in Huntington Beach, California. Rocket Dyne produced F1 and F J2 engines in engines in Canoga Park, California. And that in Houseman, Alabama was the home of the Marshall Space Flight Center MSFC. MSFC. Which oversaw the entire rocket building enterprise and the IBM facility that manufactured the instrument unit. Others may know that the rocket line performed J2 acceptance testing and very early F1 development testing at the Santa Susan Field Laboratory SSFL near Simi Valley, California. But the F1 testing was soon moved to the less popular Air Force Rocket Propulsion Laboratory AFRPL. Located between Lancaster and Ozamont in California's Mojave Desert, they might be also familiar. They may be also familiar with DAC's Sacramento Test Operations Act, where SIVB stages were test fired in the Mississippi Test Facility (MTF), at which I, SIC and S2 stages were accepted testing. But few people are likely to cite Melvai as having a role in producing the Saturn V. Yet without Milwaukee's contributions, contributions, the Saturn V had literally never made it to the launch pad. This Milwaukee suburb of South Milwaukee was a home of Booker's Erie Company, a manufacturer of large mining machines in the U.S. NASA's official knowledge of this equipment led to Booker's landing a contract to design the Koala Trans Kyola transport that would carry the Saturn V from the Kennedy Space Center KSC vehicle assembly build lab to the launch pad. Although the Booker's design, the Kyola, NASA's competitive bidding process meant that the construction contract went to Marion Power Shovel Company of Marion, Ohio. Ladish Core Metal Forging and Fittings Manufacture located in Kodai, another Milwaukee suburb. Produced DC-60 appliance for its high strength and high temperature characteristics. The Tyco Chemical Corporation produced facilities in Elkton, Maryland, choose Ladish DC-60 from which manufactured the case of SIC retro rockets. The SIC had eight of these retros which showed the spent stage after it burned out, thereby ensuring the safe distance between it and the rest of the launch vehicle before the S-K 
two staging night to continue the journey to journey to orbit. Milwaukee was also the home to AC Spark Plug Division of General Motors Corporation, which ha- helped produce the Apollo Command Module Guidance System. But since this book is about Saturn, the proper are not dwell on spacecraft systems. This is Saturn, okay? But Milwaukee is far from unique in its role to help manufacture and launch the Saturn V. It has been estimated that at its peak, more than 20,000 industrial firms employed more than 350,000 people were producing equipment for the Saturn Apollo program in 1962 to 1963 as construction and modification of facility to, to support the Saturn V program was ramping up a report noted that NASA wanted $1 billion in contracts of firm 46 states with 67% of the contract going to small businesses. While this includes NASA contracts, not just Saturn V work it demonstrates how cities all over America were contributing the nation's space efforts. Boeing manufactured the SIC stages and NASA's MAF in New Orleans. Mitchell originally built World War II cargo vessels on an assembly line. After the war, it was modified to manufacture plywood cargo planes. And in 1951, Chrysler leased to produce engines for Sherman pattern tanks. Chrysler later used the facility to build the first stages for the small Saturn I and IB rockets. Although Mitchum was a huge facility with all, with over 1.8 million square feet, Boeing could not simply move in and immediately begin building the SIC stages. The Mason Rust, a joint venture of the Rust Engineering Company of Pittsburgh and the Mason and Hanger Sailors Mason Company of Lexington, Kentucky, which provides support services such as security, medical, and fire protection, photographic services plant, maintenance and repair food service, custodial and uh, utilities became, began a program of operating the facility to accommodate future in oversized orchestrage. Mason must hire the Gerbert, Her- Herbert uh, company of the New Orleans to remove the false steel framework in the ceiling of the manufacturing area. Welding and manufacturing company also of New Orleans modified the trusses in the plant and increased their weight bearing capability to facilitate the movement of components by overhead crane. The Hardware Construction Corporation of Slidewell, Louisiana built a 40-foot tall, 1,100-foot long to all to separate the Saturn IB, uh, IIB stage stage and Saturn V manufacturing areas. This actually not the Saturn IIB stage is the Saturn IIB rocket. Since the final assembly of the stage would be performing vertically, it was necessary to conduct a p- building for the vertical assembly, hydrostatic test and cleaning. The vector corporation of New Orleans provide the design structures, services and co- Constructed the plans for the 214-foot-tall structure. Ross Corporation also in New Orleans was awarded by the const- construction contract. During Mitchell's first three years of operation, including Chrysler's tenure build- building the earlier Saturn IIB stages, the $41 million was spent as dozens of companies from Gulf Coast and beyond modified existing structures and construction constructed new facilities after Hurricane Betsy damaged buildings in September 1965. Tri-State Roofing Company of Knoxville, J.A. Jones Construction Company of Charlton made the necessary roofing structure of electric and glass repairs. The SIIC 
The SIC stage consists primarily of various aluminium alloys and tempers. The Alco, the aluminium company of America, produced 400,000 pounds of aluminium from plants in Alco, Tennessee, Devonport, Iowa, Cleveland, Iowa, Lafayette, Indiana, and Messina, New York. This was whittled down to 171,047 pounds that was transformed from its lot of form to state structures as such as permanent tanks, an inter tank, a forward skirt, and a trust wings held together by aluminium weld. Wire and reverse gore segments, pie shaped pieces that form the curved tankers are manufactured by Boeing's Wichita, Kansas plant. After initiating cutting and forming the segments, underwent a chemical milling process developed by the Chemical Counter Com- Corporation of Gardena, California to remove access materi- material and therefore access weight and achieve their final required thickness. Shipped to Mitchell, the gore segments were joined to the propellant tank walls using processors, tools, and enormous automated welding machines that provided by Ski Balls Inc. of Chicago. The SISC's liquid oxygen LOX tank was located forward of the fuel tank. Five seamless 40-foot-long, 25-inch diameter tunnels manufactured by the Parsons Corporation of Traverse City, Michigan, where they performed for were installed to carry locks to the fuel tank and engines below. Martin Company's Baltimore division fabricated 17.5 foot long high pressure seamless aluminium helium, helium bottles for insulation inside the LOX tank. The helium would be pressured is the fuel tank during flight to remain. Replace the volume of fuel consumed by the engine stir. Engineering and Manufacturing Company of Los Angeles supplied the check valves for the helium and other stains pneumatic systems. To support the entire rocket, the launch pad keep the support the entire rocket, the launch pad and keep it resting. Oh, to support the entire rocket on the launch pad and keep it resting until full thrust was developed, the thrust structure was incorporated for. F- Four hold on post, the VM and Gordon Company of Work, Worcester, Massachusetts, supplied the 14 foot long 1800 power aluminum forging among the largest closed die forging ever fabricated as planned to Boeing's Wichita branch, which made the precise ma- machined each forging to its final shape before delivery to Mitchhound. This IC series, like the rest of the rocket, was heavily instrumented, allowing Computers in the IU and ground to monitor the stage performance. Electro Development Country of Linewood, Washington supplied instrument amplifi- amplifiers, measuring power supplies, and instrument signals, data collection units, measurement systems, and signal conditions for pressure, force, strain, temperature, and vibration, and longitude oximeters. Bendix Instruments and Life Support Division of Davenport, Iowa supplied propellant loading level sensors as well as the sensors to detect liquid levels providing a cutoff signals for the engines. Sustain Donna of Concord, California provided components for the propellant loading computer as well as server accelerometers and pressure transducers. Power for the instrumentation by these dozens of other vendors was supplied by zinc server batteries from Electronics Division of Eagle Pitcher Industries of Joplin, Missouri. 
ground based rca1 one OA computer supplied by RCS Electromagnetic and Aviation System Division by Van Yours, California checked out the stages at Michon and later again at the stages were installed on the mobile launcher KSC. Ooh, this talk has been a long one. It took me at least 12 seconds and 8 minutes. 12 minutes and 8 seconds to do this. So, as we continue on what the Saturn V is, this Entire beast program took $24 billion for launching and at least 400,000 people. Well, it still holds a record for the world's most powerfulest rocket. So, the history of the Saturn. Well, at least 24 people have seen the moon or has been planning to go to the moon, but only 12 of those people have actually landed on the moon. So let's start from some of the Apollo programs which are going to the moon. Or let's just start with the Apollo program in the main ones. So in 1967, the first Apollo program, Apollo 7, was launched into orbit, which made it dock with the second stage of the rocket, which would keep it into orbit. The Apollo spacecraft had to do this all manually with the help of controllers. But even though everything was going smoothly, in 1968, Apollo 1 was a tragic surprise for the people. Well, Gus Grissom and the two other crew successfully went inside. But then suddenly, just a few seconds when they were there, and then suddenly, toxic gases started to leak. Well, the toxic gases created smoke, so the managers and everybody could not get inside. Fire started to come, which was dangerous for the pilots to inhale. And then everything was not going as planned. And then when the, when the smoke clears after a few minutes, they found, the, they found Gus Grissom and the two other crew dead. Even though this tragic accident, the Americans have to had to move on to a greater start. Come on, they they sent the first animal. Well, like us were the first animals of fruit fly, okay? But and they also sent the first animal. They did the first orbital maneuver. And now they are going to the moon. Come on, let's do it. So. Apollo 8 was not a tragic accident, it was actually a huge success. When it was said to be a tragic accident, it was a huge success. Well, because of the Apollo 1, the, well, Apollo 1, you know, destruction, all of that, where everything went very bad. Apollo 1B was also launched, which didn't go so bad. It was the same thing as Apollo 7. Also, Apollo 8 was launched. As I told, as I was continuing, we had to start from scratch. We had to design the command module and the service module and the lunar landing module. But we weren't even starting with the lunar landing module. We just had the command service module and Saturn V rocket. But with that, we actually got really happened. We could orbit the moon. 
That's good, right? So, but there was a little bit data made of this. There's a little bit, you know, things going on in Russia right now, which would make you stop doing this. Well, Russians are planning to go to the moon. And it's not good news for you guys because you have to do it fast or else the Russians will go first. So that means the Astros had to go three months behind their training. And the launch happened in December 25th of 1968. Perfectly on Christmas Day. And as we continue from this, in Apollo 9, which orbited the Earth with a lunar landing module, which is too heavy, so it couldn't land on the surface. Well, they did some docking maneuvers and orbital maneuvers. They named it Snoopy and Charlie Brown. And then, there was Apollo 10, which orbited the Earth with the lunar mod landing module, but it was too heavy to land. So they just did a few dockings. Yeah, just a little bit like that. But something went way out of control. One of the one of the computer systems on board was going haywire and it was making the lunar module turning like this and that and all of those. But then it got stabilized and they got to dock with a command service module, or as they said, as Charlie Brown. As we continue, as we go from Apollo 10, well, Apollo 10 was a success, but what's next? Well, we can't do that yet. We can't land on the moon. But first, we have to find out what is on the moon. The Ranger program mostly helped for this, which found the surface composition of the moon if there was, if it could hold the lunar surface. If you didn't do it correctly, you must, you could have sinked on the surface. Well, also the tension has to be low if you want the thing to be good. And why I was missing lung on the ladder? Well, I'm going to get to that. Tell you why? Because they didn't want so much tension pulling on the legs, so that means the legs would. If there was a lung, then the legs would collapse on itself and they would all sink down. Well, that's very simple. So, as we continue, let's tell how much tension each one has. At the middle, the most, and at the least. In the middle, or this is the least, was Apollo 11, which softly touched down at 0.54 meters per second. Middle is Apollo 14, which went at 1 meter per second. And harsh was Apollo 16, which went more than 2 meter per second. Yes, that's how it went. So let's, come, let's go on to Apollo 11, where we finally land on the moon. Second stage, third stage. Oh no, we've skipped everything. Now we are 300 meters. We're a few meters away before we reach. Everything's good. Computers rightly going. But then a virus comes. 
and then it's making the computer go haywire and all of that but then it stops but anyway, it's a permanent skull over there it's gonna land on the crater what do you do and you have very less fuel yeah forgot that point you do this while for your lives or just try to save the learning module as fast as you can it's like you have a kilometer left but your fuel is running low so they tried their best to take as much fuel as they could as um buzz aldrin was looking how far they were going their altitude neil armstrong was slowly steering the lunar landing module away from death so that was very bad for those people or else they would have died but as always everything goes successfully so even here things were successfully as they went closer and closer they were 30 seconds away they were almost empty fueled within 30 seconds they had more time and by the time they stopped they were completely out of fuel Tranquility base here. The eagle has landed. Was the most famous words sent when they landed. But when they took God off, most famous words is one small step for man, one giant leap for man. Apollo twelve was a little bit of a tragedy, which could have been a tragedy, unless a lightning storm had destroyed the entire rocket. Yes, there was a lightning storm when it was launched off. It launched off in um like in the evening or something like that, Apollo twelve, with a Saturn V rocket, and then lightning storm started to come out of nowhere, and one of the lightning storm hit the command and service module, right? Not in the command and service module, right? Not right in the face, some part of the rocket it hit, but that gave an a complete shutdown for the command and service module for some time. Until finally they got them back. Apollo thirteen was one of the most successful accidents ever said by the group. Over here in Apollo thirteen, really tragic thing happened. Well, while they were going, the oxygen supply leaked, and that means they had to be supplied with their own oxygen, and then you know. It's not good to do that. It's not. It's very very scary. You should see what it took. It took the lens to do that. But finally, they splashed out back in the ocean. Successfully, every single one of them was alive. So we have Apollo fourteen, which nothing much is about. Maybe the same thing as what happened to Apollo eleven. We have Apollo. Fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen. Seventeen with one of the pilots who had completed it to make it fun, and they all three had roving vehicles, which made them good. Other missions were the Skylab missions from nineteen seventy-one to nineteen seventy-three, or just made in nineteen seventy-three, but splashed back down in nineteen seventy-nine. It was a big rock, big um space station, but Skylab. Uh, 
Saturn V was bigger than the original Saturn V. That is why Skylab Saturn V is the biggest rocket ever. So now let's have the flight record. What? No, not that. Let's see how they did the flight. Oh, let's just talk about the command service module and the lunar module. The command and service modules are the living quarters of where they are mostly. A command and service module is where the do docking happens, the, the circularization happens, of the moon circularization. Most of the thing happens from the command and service module. The, com the command module is a place where the astronauts live and they breathe. The oxygen is made by, sub by cutting by cutting H2O molecules into oxygen molecules and staying keeping up the hydrogen. And also where there's um the service module, yes. Where there's not much going on. It's just fuel tanks and ignition sequences. It's very complex in the service module. The ignition sequence is very complex and the engine is very complex. Many more of those things are very complex and still we still like the commands. Without that, we wouldn't go home. The command module is the only piece which comes back from the moon. That's the only piece which comes back, sees the moon, likes, like, sees its light and then comes back. Well, there's the lunar landing module. The lunar landing module has two parts, the descent stage and the ascent stage. The descent stage is a place where fuel tanks are there mostly, where it would land. And then the last three space shuttles, as you can say, they are roving vehicles, where it would come out as a tiny piece, at least some a meter wide, and then unfold it into a 35 kg roving vehicle costing 44 million dollars. So, then, what up? Yeah, what's the descent stage? Descent stage is totally fuel tanks and roving, but ascent stage. Ascent stage is used to go climb back up on the command and service module so they can dock with each other and bring the astronauts back. Plus, it's also a living quarters. They actually live 24 hours on the lunar surface. Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong. So, let's say how they did the journey. So, one, the launch off. The launch off is the main one where the first stage burns its fuel to make it go to space and um, successfully do it but the first stage is nothing compared to the entire other circuitry then there's a cutoff of the first stage let's go to the second stage the second stage has been circularizing the orbit and making the orbit orbit okay and better while this orbital velocity is already fast it needs a little bit more push which happens when the second stage declines and the third stage comes comes back. This third stage helps to go to the lunar surface and helps also in the ignition burn to go to the lunar surface. That's the how it helps in going to the lunar surface. So as we go to the lunar surface we have a little bit troubles with the astronaut suits. We need oxygen but we'll 
tell you that in the next episode of Space Roots. Or the next, I don't know which episode Space Roots will be in. But there will be a future episode. So, the third series is done ignition burn. Now it's the docking to the lunar landing module. And then going to the journey. Well, yeah, that's... So that means the command and service module complete and docking with the lunar landing module and then the lunar landing module comes lands with the descent stage. The descent stage then separates and then the ascent stage comes into being. The ascent stage then docks with the command and service module which then gets undocked and then the fuel burns to go back to earth where the command module comes heating up in a giant wave going down breaking a heat shield and then do a parachute back down to earth bye guys and see you next episode in seven minutes time